everybody. Welcome back to Bit White of the Podcast. And today we have a special interview with the amazing Olivia Chang. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, You're so excited. Yes. Um, I'm, I, I said before we started, I'm a little starstruck. So apologize. I apologize in advance, listeners, if I'm a little stuttery. Um, but if you don't know, and I expect all of you to know. Uh, Olivia plays Atoy on Cinemax's Warrior. She is one of my favorite characters, and I want to dive in and ask how you do all the amazing things I see you do. Aw, <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, I, you know, Atoy is a character that, uh, you know, she, she's already someone that I, I knew about even before Warrior. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know if every everyone knows it, but our Atoy is a fictionalized version of the real Atoy. Um, oh. And the real Atoy was um, a notorious madame in San Francisco history. Unfortunately, there's none of her story in her own words that I can find in existence. Yeah. So there's sort of this like urban legend around her from like history buffs and, and, and male writers at the time. Um, but she was, I think, the first Asian immigrant to use the U.S legal system to protect her business and her assets in court. So in another time or place, like this was an incredibly smart woman. Yeah. And I think, you know, because we didn't have a lot to go on, I think our showrunners and writers just really took that spirit and took that intelligence and infused her into our version of Atoy. And I, and I hope that really comes through for the viewers. I mean, I can say that it did for me, and a lot of my questions here are geared towards that and bringing that on screen. Um, and my first question, which you kind of answered a little bit, but uh, what drew you to the character and the show as a whole? You know, because I knew who Atoy was, I was definitely curious, you know, to get the chance to play her. Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm definitely like a history buff. You know, I, I definitely have always, like, I've already known so much about um, San Francisco's role in Asian American history. Yeah. So I was really excited at the opportunity to get to bring this world to life and put history out there in a way that could expose people um, to something they didn't know before, help them maybe understand something a little more about my culture understand yeah. where the model minority myth comes from, which was a coping mechanism yeah. you know, within a dominant culture that did not want um, the Chinese around after they exploited um, them for, for, for cheap labor. Yeah. Um, so I think there are so many themes within Warrior that resonate for me personally around xenophobia, um, immigration, because you know, I'm the daughter of immigrants. Um, and especially now, right? Especially yeah. you now with the uptick of hate crimes against Asians and the uptick of xenophobia and certain political leaders scapegoating the yeah. Chinese. All of that is reflected in our show. And um, I feel really, um, you know, proud to be a part of that. Yeah. And you've already mentioned how you knew who Atoy was before. When you were preparing for the role, how much research did you do into, and you already said you're a history buff already. So like, like how, how deep of a dive did you do into finding out about San Francisco at that time, about you know, finding more about Atoy? I read books that other castmates had, you know, um, 
but I already knew so much that I did another internet search to try to see if there were any new articles, but they were really yeah. more to refresh my memory. I think a lot of what informed Atoy for me was just finding that sense of spirit and pride and defiance um, in myself yeah. and using it. Because, you know, when writers write well and ours are phenomenal and gave us so much, you know, all you really have to do is, is find the truth of that scene and your understanding and honest yeah. opinion of, of that scene. Um, so it, it, I think it was not so much research I had to do, but just tapping into what I understand about feeling protective, feeling angry, feeling like I need to do something about the yeah. injustice I see around me. And there's kind of a, a duality to Atoy's power because she's she is very um, forceful is the only word that comes to mind, but she is very assertive. She is going to stand in that room and she's going to let you know that she has power just by being there. But at the same time, she's also able to build these very empathetic connections with people. And in a lot of her strength, while it may seem cold, does come from a place of her own emotional trauma as well as connecting to what she's seen done. How do you balance those, you know, two sides of the same coin? It's strength depicted in two different ways. It's such a great question because I think you've really sort of touched on a theme that Shannon Lee um, spoke about to me when I was last in LA visiting with her at a coffee shop. And it's the true strength and authentic portrayal of strength for women in particular, you know? Um, You know, I think finding that balance it's you know especially with Atoy like so much of that character was just like mask work yeah you know the stillness and what could be described as something stoic but you know you have to have so much life underneath that mask you have to see something in the eyes and and have those thoughts and let the camera push in and find those thoughts so that the viewer can understand what you're thinking or feeling and one the writer's did so much the heavy lifting for me and that they gave me those opportunities. And then I think your job as an actor is, you know, to find those extra moments that aren't necessarily written, but that you collaborate and, 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 and add in. Yeah. You know, and that's sort of where hopefully all together between you, the director, the editor, the writers, you, you make something magical for the audience. And I feel like a lot of this too was done in like Atoy's uh, costuming because she's very feminine, especially when you see her against the other women uh, in the show as well. She she's never uh, one of the one of the biggest things I don't like because it happens a lot with women in media is when they're strong, but we have to remove all of their femininity. But Atoy isn't that. She is beautiful and she is dangerous and she is strong. And so much of her costume reflects that when she's in the world working with men. And then you also get to see some of the more, um, I don't want to say there's a difference in, I guess more of like the the covered clothing when she is in those more action-centric pieces. So what was it like kind of wearing those costumes and how did it help you get into those moments more? And what did you think about, I mean, because the costuming on Warrior is just a whole nother level. Um, Jonathan Tropper, our show creator, would be so happy to hear you asking this question because he put so much thought into Atoy's costumes and he kept pushing um, the costume designers to keep elevating Atoy to high fashion. At one point, yeah. he said, you know those fashions you see 
on a runway at Paris Fashion Week and you go, it's beautiful, but nobody would wear that in real life. Autoy would wear it. <laughs> and it doesn't even make sense for 1878, which is fine because our show breaks so many of the conventions of what you think a period piece is going to be. But he wanted the costume and her set to embody the future. Yeah. He wanted Atoy to be that visionary and that cultural disruptor on behalf yeah. of her community. And so that's reflected in her like iconic, you know, fashion sensibilities that do not make any sense <laughs> for that time. And you know, something about the way you asked that question really triggered some, some, some thoughts for me in that, you know, I come from a community of women who historically have been so hypersexualized in yeah. Hollywood. And yeah. I think it's, and we're reflecting a time of American history that originated these stereotypes and incredibly painful yeah. tropes and truths that we came here as one of the first major human trafficking rings, international yeah. human trafficking rings. So there is truth in that tragedy, but how it's been portrayed in Hollywood traditionally has been so painful and so one dimensional that there's no complexity or allowance for a human being behind that yeah. experience. So um, I think part of what's interesting about the costume is here's a woman who, as you go through season two, you understand that she did not escape that trauma either. Yeah. And instead of cowering from it, she turns her beauty into an armor because it's that fine line that I know so many women struggle with where your beauty is an asset and a value and gives you a certain sense of power, but it also can make you a target. Yeah. And I think it's very much part of her protest and her mask to say, I will not shy away from my sexuality I will not shy away from my beauty. In fact, I will weaponize it and use it to reduce you into a stunned silence so you will hear me speak. Yeah. That was, I, I got chills. Like seriously, I got, I got chills. Cause that, and that, that comes across when you see her all in season one. And I've seen, I've, I've watched a couple of screeners for season two and whoo. Um, and it's easier, right? Yes. It's, 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 it's <laughs> I'm sorry, it's, but can I geek out about my entrance? Yes! As an, Asian, as an Asian Canadian actress, I never thought I would get a femme fatale act, like, entrance like they give me in season it's, two. It's so good. It is. It's phenomenal. And, and there's something about it and, and what you touched on about, like, because um, I'm Latina, like I'm Mexican-American, so also hypersexualized in media all the time. And there's something about Atoy who, even though she's a madam, of a brothel and we see her body and we see her you know selling other women's bodies it it never feels disrespectful and it never feels like she is hypersexualized it, it very much feels like she has agency um what goes that into the word it's agency and autonomy and it's a it's a hard line to play and in season two we're gonna see that conflict come to a head for yeah. her because she's not immune to the position she's created for herself she's far from heartless so yeah. you see that conflict existing within her and forced to really come out and be confronted because of some of the relationships and scenarios that she um, finds herself in and also creates for herself because she's human and she's flawed. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it is, it, it is, it is such a thing, right? Because it's like, I don't think any 
and, and look, I know there are some like positive sex workers out there who yeah. love their jobs and choose it out from a very different place than sex workers who do not have options, are born into brothels, born into certain caste situations, yeah. um, and have economic oppression that forces them into that choice. Driving in South Africa every day, we pass those women on the mm-hmm. road every day. And it was not lost on me that it was a reality for them. Whereas for me, I get to get call action and cut, you yeah. know? All a really powerful thing because there, there is uh, as much as Warrior is a period piece and it's telling the story and, and it's decentering whiteness as how we see the West. Um, it's also a really good mirror to one what we see happening now and and then two it, it does reflect social structure uh, social social struggles that we'd love to say are in the past but are popping up and and a lot of that does involve sex work. It involves women who are pushed into positions that they. Um, that they have to navigate. And one of the things that's amazing with your character is she holds her own, but she fights in each of those positions, um, especially when she, uh, so I'm going to stop talking. You talk, you talk. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I, I want to hear your thoughts. I'm, I'm just, I'm gesturing over here. Cause like, I'm like, people can't <laughs> see, but I'm like nodding. I'm like trying to quietly snap. Cause everything you're saying is just like, Yes, it's just like, because, you know, especially when you take on a role like this, that can be such a lightning rod and can trigger so much communal pain within the female Asian American psyche. Um, You know, you, 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 you hope that what you're trying to say will still be seen. And I'm loving everything you're saying, because it tells me that some of what we were trying to convey um, came through. Um, and I think with Atoy, she is very aware of respectability politics. Yes. But she will not succumb or kowtow to it. Mm-hmm. And even though I think she, especially in season two, you see that she has lost so much of herself in surviving and thriving in this game. Those parts of herself have not died completely. They've just gone dormant so that she yeah. can survive. And that there's something painful in the reawakening of some of that softness and vulnerability that she has had to armor up so hard yeah. with these beautiful masks and this beautiful sense of stillness and royalty because her 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 entire presence and her entire life is such a protest in a system with which she is not meant to win. Yeah. And on one hand, she is, she chooses, you know, she will, she will, she will use violence when she has to, but it's not because she wants to. Yeah. You know, she, she, I mean, when I think about now how I'm hearing activists in America, particular, particularly from the Black and Brown community, talk about community, you yeah. know, safe housing, access to jobs, mental health, wellness and care, um, social workers, teachers, good schools. That's, that's, that, 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 like my heart goes out to those communities because, you know, those themes are very much echoed and explored in context of a different community in our yeah. show. Um, and I want to be really careful about saying that because, you know, I, 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 I have such respect for what's going on in America right now. And I do not in any way mean to, you know, conflate two issues. It's just that I, I, I really think 
there are themes around xenophobia and racism mm -hmm. and, and immigration that I wish they weren't topical. Yeah. I really wish they weren't topical to what's yeah. happening. Oh, 100%. And, and I think there's actually something beautiful that Warrior does. It, it, there is a way to connect to it from different communities as well. And actually for me, one of the biggest things was language and how the show uses language, how the camera literally shifts perspective and the languages change or the accents change. And it's, it's how language should be shown. Um, in my opinion, uh, it, was, it was revelatory for me seeing it because um, I'm used to like Google translated Spanish all the time in everything. <laughs> um, and it was just a beautiful perspective that showed who was telling the story at the time and, and specifically how the characters that we are latched onto are being seen in their spaces. And there's this shift that happens the first time you hear Atoy speak from the white man's perspective. And it's like, oh, and you're like, so she's not, so she has all this power in her community. And now we're having to see her navigate a white space with, um, with their stereotypes and their assumption of her lack of intelligence because of her accent. Um, so what goes into like doing those scenes? Because it, it has to be hard. I mean, I can only imagine. You know, it's, it's actually so... Um easy for me in the sense that I come from Hong Kong immigrants. So yeah. I've grown up with that accent. Yeah. You know, the accent that, that I do on the show, um, that, is, that, is, that is how my family sounds. Yeah. And to be able to bring that accent onto a show and do it in a way where it is not being mocked. Yeah. And in fact, where you still see how intelligent and mocking of the white people yes. she is. <laughs> so she's playing the respectability politics, but she's also saying, fuck you. Yep. <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a big smile on her face as she plays up their ideas of a dumb immigrant who mm -hmm. can't speak Chinese. You know, I, I, my favorite scenes are when I get to play with our phenomenal actors who, 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 who play those, those white roles. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, finding those like you know I think you asked earlier how much the wardrobe informed me it informed a lot because number one I've got these giant trains and heel of the balance so it slows my movement down you know like me Olivia I'm pretty animated and like you know, a, little, <laughs> a little spastic um in in life but when you put those costumes on just to avoid tripping over everything you have to move slow and move carefully um but also what I found was the lashes because every single scene, I've got these crazy lashes, sometimes feathers, sometimes like <laughs> metallic gold. And I really started to find that because I was playing such mask work that even when I blinked was a mathematical calculation on my part. Yeah. And one of my favorite scenes, and it was not written, but it was my only scene with the fantastic nuance Joanna Vanderham, who plays Penny, the, the, the mayor's wife. And it was not written, but we understood that this was like a, 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 not a power play, but like a sizing up of each yeah, other yeah. where we're both still trying to be polite because we're women and we're taught to be, you know, and there's nothing personal here between us, but you know, I, I, I just got to find a, a moment of just the way I blinked at her to like make fun of her. I don't know if people will, will, will pick up on that, but, um, you know, I, I, I really think that you're picking up on, um, I love how you put it, how we are seen in different spaces and how we see ourselves 
in different spaces, how we see ourselves in our own space. Yeah. And I loved being able to, to, to play around with that. Yeah. And I'm I, one, I'm just loving talking to you and I'm like, I've kind of lost yeah. track of the questions I had written down ahead of time, but I mean, I've, there's just so much here. And, and I definitely want to ask too, because we see so much of Atwe's power um, and her intelligence that comes from her intelligence, her business sense. Um, but we also get to see her be a badass, like warrior warrior, like actually fight. <laughs> and in a very different way that we don't see the men fight. Like she has a skill that nobody else on the show really has. And the fact that she's able to do it and people just assume that it's a man who, who did the things she did, the violence she did, it, it, was, it was amazing to see. So what went into prepping for that? Did you do your own work, you know, your own stunt work? You know, take me through that process. Um, yeah, I, uh, uh, thank you. And I, you, you really, I love the way you're framing your questions because I, I get such a thrill when I watch my other castmates in scenes that I completely forgot about and they're talking about the Chinese swordsman, you know, <laughs> and like you realize they all think it's a man and, 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 and she knows that and she has a little fun with that in season two. There's a line where, you know, I, I don't want to give anything away, but she completely knows and is very aware of the ways that she's undermined yeah. and she uses it to her advantage. Um, so in terms of prepping, I had a fantastic stunt double, um, Tong Yao. Um, she's actually worked with me on two shows now uh, from China. Moves like poetry. Like, she is so phenomenal. And, um, and, I, and I, I hope I get to work with her again because, you know, she makes me look good. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I, did, um, I did do, like, pretty much all my stuff. There's only one shot in season two that they thought was a little too dangerous. So, you know, they'll put the stunt double in, but for the most part, it is me you're seeing. And it was Tong Yao who, you know, helped to create the choreography and then teach it to me. And this is actually our second show together. She was also my stunt double on season two of Marco Polo. So now that we know each other well, and she, I think is more comfortable, um, you know, sort of being a teacher to me. We also spent a lot of time just on foundation because yeah. when you get pulled onto a show, they just immediately only have time to throw you into choreo. Yeah. So, yeah, so there was a lot of training to make the moves look as easy and effortless as possible. And so I could, I could just worry about the emotion of yeah. the move and not like, is my elbow here or here? Is this arm, where do I look? You know, yeah. didn't want to think about any of that. Well, it reads really well. Race is at play a lot when, when we watch the show, which is one, extremely important, extremely well done, but also gender and gender from both sides of how gender, how you're gendered, how your gender influences how white folks see you, but also how gender influences how people within your own community see you. And so it, there's this, this that, that intersection of race and gender and how, and how it works in your role as well as, you know, the other women's roles. There is a lot of nuance to it. And there's also a lot of feeling and depth. Um, what went, I mean, I don't, honestly, Warrior has some of the best written women that I have <laughs> that I have seen on television. To be completely honest, what is it like working in this setting? Maybe compared to other roles that you've done, or you know, the just the weight of that. You know, it feels like not not. It feels like there's never a scene where 
all of that isn't kind of in the air, you know, it, which makes it feel authentic. You know, I'll say this. It was, it was number one, you know, we have such an amazing um, executive producer team and Jonathan Tropper repeatedly, um, re- re- repeatedly, repeatedly <laughs> said to our cast, guys, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a white Jew from the Bronx. Uh, please. I need your Asian sensitivities. Please talk to me, please. I need your eyes, like, tell me if something's not right or if I, if there's room for improvement. And, um, you know, I certainly took him up on that um, on occasion. And, and yeah. I was always really, really, uh, where I, where I, where I could, I would, I would always just say, Hey, like, here's feedback I'm getting from Asian American women yeah. um, about the show and, and, and some thoughts I had when I saw a particular scene. Can we, can we just keep that mind, keep that in mind moving forward? And, um, and to the, the creative team's credit, I think they, I think they took those notes, you know? And I think what was also really interesting was this show happened as Me Too broke. Yeah. And I think that also um, gave me and emboldened me in certain situations to, you know, ring a bell in terms of, sometimes in terms of set culture, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, and, and, and like I said, I, I, I would, I, I brought up a, 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 a couple of um, things that, uh, that, that went down, had nothing to do with the creative team, just had to do yeah. with some extras who came on and I think were a little uh, exuberant in expressing some thoughts that maybe should have remained, you know, yeah. inside their heads. Um, but I was really impressed with um, how uh, seriously, um, you know, those concerns were, were taken. Um, so I bring all that up because there was so much that was going on for me personally in terms of processing um, a, a reckoning yeah. of time and, you know, to bring some of that processing into a role like Atoy, I think very much informed it and was therapeutic in some ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and uh, I have only a couple more questions left, but I really wanted to ask this one. Um, did you all know how important and impactful Warrior was and, and was going to be while you were filming? Or I knew how important it was. You know, um, as just a human being who happens to have been assigned an Asian culture and Asian skin and Asian eyes, I knew what this show meant for me. Yeah. As someone who clicks and clicks and clicks. And sometimes I'm watching the Asian extra in the background because that's the only way I get to see an Asian face, you know? Um, so I knew how important it was. I wasn't sure. I hoped it would be impactful. And I mean, you know, technically we're canceled um, as Cinemax, I believe is getting dismantled oh, in yeah. our position, but our show will go on to live on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And hopefully as more people discover it, you know, um, maybe maybe some noise <laughs> yeah. made to just bring us back. Um, that, that is definitely our hope. So I think I'm still trying to understand how impactful we actually are. Yeah. Um, um, so, 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 so 
yes to the first half. I knew how important it was. I'm still sort of waiting to see how impactful we are. And I think a big yeah. part of that is just getting eyes on our show. Yeah. Well, I can promise you, I will keep screaming about it with every little bit of any sort of platform I have, because seriously, it, it's amazing work. And, um, and my last question is really just how, like, how hyped are you for, and you said a little bit, but how hyped are you for Atoy in season two? And how hyped do you want Atoy fans to get? I'm so hyped. I'm <laughs> so hyped. I mean, I don't know. There might be some people listening who follow me on Instagram and I posted such a nerd out spastic moment. I was like, where's coming? Where's coming? <laughs> it was, you know, but I was so, I'm so excited. Like, you know, so much of my career, you know, you, you, these are, these are just such rare opportunities and I'm, I, I, I do not take it for granted. And I'm yeah. so proud of this show and I'm so proud of the work that they entrusted me with as Atoy. Yeah. Um, and I'm so excited for fans to discover more of her complexity and vulnerability and, you know, hopefully get more drawn into what makes her human. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, that, that's all I had. And seriously, thank you for talking with me. Um, this has you. been a great conversation on a phenomenal character. And obviously your work as her is, is great. Like I seriously, I can't take my eyes off you. Like in any scene that you're in, like a toy walks <laughs> into the room and it's just like, boop, there we are. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you when they can watch the show? Um, and kind of like how we can help, you know, get this word out, you know? Thank you. Um, the best way fans can find me is to connect with me through Instagram. Um, my handle there is at that Olivia Chang. Um, it's the same handle on Twitter, but I'm usually uh, much more active on, on the Insta. <laughs> um, I'm pretty lazy about posting sometimes, but uh, you know, I, I do post a lot of stuff in my stories and um, I do love hearing from people. Um, and in terms of what fans can do for us, I think there's a petition going around for season three. So um, they can look that up. I believe it's on change.org. I think okay. the last I heard it was up to 12,000 signatures. Um, so they can sign that petition. Um, and honestly, they can just keep posting about us, making noise, you know, doing like, like, knocking on HBO's door to, if you, if you want to see more of us, let them know. Yeah. No. And if you're in a position like you are, Kate, where you have a platform, um, get in touch, you know, it's a pretty friendly cast. We're more than happy to connect and, you know, uh, piggyback off your guys' platforms to, to talk <laughs> about, you know, a show we all really love. Yeah. I mean, and I'm always here for it. Um, <laughs> 